when he spoke at the construction site. He never mentioned those guys who died building that dam, my dad said. Some of his friends had died there, men from Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. He then took a job in a sawmill in Klatskany, Oregon, a little town alongside the Columbia River. I was born there, and my mother has a picture of my dad standing in front of the gate to the mill, proudly holding me up to face the camera. My bonnet is on crooked and about to come untied. His hat is pushed back on his forehead, and he's wearing a big grin. Was he going into work or just finishing his shift? It doesn't matter. In either case, he had a job and a family. These were his salad days. In 1941, we moved to Yakima, Washington, where my dad went to work as a saw filer, a skilled trade he'd learned in Klatskany. When war broke out, he was given a deferment because his work was considered necessary to the war effort. Finished lumber was in demand by the armed services, and he kept his saws so sharp they could shave the hair off your arm. After my dad had moved us to Yakima, he moved his folks into the same neighborhood. By the mid-1940s, the rest of my dad's family, his brother, his sister, and her husband, as well as uncles, cousins, nephews, and most of their extended family and friends, had come out from Arkansas, all because my dad came out first. The men went to work at Boise Cascade, where my dad worked, and the women packed apples in the canneries. And in just a little while, it seemed, according to my mother, everybody was better off than my dad. Your dad couldn't keep money, my mother said. Money burned a hole in his pocket. He was always doing for others. The first house I clearly remember living in at 1515 South 15th Street in Yakima had an outdoor toilet. On Halloween night, or just any night for the hell of it, neighbor kids, kids in their early teens, would carry our toilet away and leave it next to the road. My dad would have to get somebody to help him bring it home. Or these kids would take the toilet and stand it in somebody else's backyard. Once, they actually set it on fire. But ours wasn't the only house that had an outdoor toilet. When I was old enough to know what I was doing, I threw rocks at the other toilets when I'd see someone go inside. This was called bombing the toilets. After a while, though, everyone went to indoor plumbing until, suddenly, our toilet was the last outdoor one in the neighborhood. I remember the shame I felt when my third-grade teacher, Mr. Wise, drove me home from school one day. I asked him to stop at the house just before ours, claiming I lived there. I can recall what happened one night when my dad came home late to find that my mother had locked all the doors on him from the inside. He was drunk, and we could feel the house shudder as he rattled the door. When he'd managed to force open the window, she hit him between the eyes with a colander and knocked him out. We could see him down there on the grass. For years afterward, I used to pick up this colander— it was as heavy as a rolling pin, and imagine what it would feel like to be hit in the head with something like that. It was during this period that I remember my dad taking me into the bedroom, sitting me down on the bed, and telling me that I might have to go live with my Aunt Levon for a while. 
I couldn't understand what I'd done that meant I'd have to go away from home to live, but this too, whatever prompted it, must have blown over more or less anyway, because we stayed together and I didn't have to go live with her or anyone else. I remember my mother pouring his whiskey down the sink. Sometimes she'd pour it all out, and sometimes, if she was afraid of getting caught, she'd only pour half of it out and then add water to the rest. I tasted some of his whiskey once myself. It was terrible stuff, and I don't see how anybody could drink it. After a long time without one, we finally got a car, in 1949 or 1950, a 1938 Ford, but it threw a rod the first week we had it, and my dad had to have the motor rebuilt. We drove the oldest car in town, my mother said. We could have had a Cadillac for all he spent on car repairs.